Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My first and fastest friend when I arrived in Divinity School was a guy named Kevin McGugh. We lived in the same dorm and we hit it off right away. Kevin was a Canadian and had studied archaeology, just like my wife Jenny, who I would meet a year later. And so I credit Kevin with my being able to talk somewhat intelligently about Canada, Parliament, the provinces, the Plains of Abraham, and the late Iron Age when I finally met Jenny. Kevin was and is a Renaissance man studying everything in the ancient Near East, Egypt, Babylon, Assyria, the ancient Israel. And after Harvard, he did his PhD down at Penn. And uh, when I came to Philly for my Lutheran year at seminary, I slept on his pull-out couch for eight months. That is friendship. Kevin was also and remains a pop culture aficionado. At the drop of a hat to this day, he can reel off his top 10 movies, TV shows, albums, musicians, and more. And sitting for hours together, hanging out in Kevin's dorm room at Div School, I got a different kind of Harvard education in film and music, and particularly the wonders of Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen those troubadours and mystics and poets, Kevin would say, of the American experience. It was as if after a full day of school, I would then go and audit a class in Kevin's room as we watched classic movies on VHS then, of course, or Blair Dillon and Springsteen until there were loud knocks on the wall from the adjoining room. At our wedding reception, Kevin was there, and in one of the highlights of a very late night of revelry, he sang the entirety of Thunder Road from memory. It's funny that I had to go to Boston and meet a Canadian to fully appreciate Springsteen, not just a poet, but a prophet, the prophet of Asbury Park, New Jersey. I have turned again to Bruce Springsteen lately, listening to the couple of new songs that he just released from his new album, but also digging back into his catalog, going back to the 1970s. The songs are raw, full of longing, of love, of dreams of transcending one's place in life and finding the good and the hope in hard times. Whether it's Born to Run or Thunder Road or Badlands or any of another, a number of other songs, Bruce is preaching to people who find themselves in exile. Whether they feel exiled in the swamps of Jersey or from opportunity, from neighbors and strangers or from their best and truest selves or um, people who are losing hope and discovering something more or something better. He captures so perfectly the longing, the desperation, the fear, as well as the persistence and hope, the spark that lives in each side, uh, in the, heart, the spark that lives inside each human being, no matter how dark or how hard things seem to be. In his great new release, Letter to You, he explains what he's been trying to do in his music all these years. And he sings, Neath the crown of mongrel trees, I pulled the bother, that bothersome thread, got down on my knees, grabbed my pen and bowed my head, tried to summon all that my heart finds true and send it in my letter to you. Things I found out through hard times and good, I wrote them all out in ink and blood, dug deep in my soul and signed my name true and sent it in my letter to you. In my letter to you, I took all my fears and doubts. In my letter to you, all the hard things I found out. 
in my letter to you all that I found true, and I sent it in my letter to you. In so many ways, this is what the prophets in the Bible try to do. They chronicle the hopes and dreams and struggles, heartbreak and redemption and salvation of God's people. They put it in a letter, a a book, not just for those who were living at the time, but for us today, living all these years later. And what does that ancient prophet Isaiah want us to know and hear this morning in his letter to us? Well, the prophet Isaiah wrote at a time of great upheaval. The 66 chapters of his book chronicle the story of the Jews' exile in Babylon. In short, the much bigger Babylonian empire, which is in modern-day Iraq, sacked Jerusalem, dragged its leaders back into exile in Babylon, where they were for about 60 years, until they were freed by the Persian Empire and returned home. And so Isaiah speaks to a people whose world has been turned upside down, whose lives have been forever changed, and who know loss and grief, isolation, dislocation, and despair, some things with which we have become more familiar in recent months. And in Isaiah 25, we have a passage that reassures the people amidst their calamity in God's faithfulness. He says, you have done wonderful things. You have been a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorm and a shade from the heat. God, you have stopped the ruthless and lifted up the lowly. And more, this passage offers us an image of a future time beyond the tumult, the suffering of a heavenly banquet when there will be no more tears, where death is swallowed up, where we are united or reunited at the table, where the people say, this is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in our salvation. Jesus himself draws on the same image in our gospel where everyone, both the good and the bad, are invited to the banquet so that it was packed full of guests. Although it is apparently a good idea, to be appropriately dressed. So much of the Bible is about keeping the faith, holding the hope, and clinging to the promise of a better time, a vision of a promised land, like the Israelites that we've been tracking in recent weeks making their way across the desert, or the exiles dreaming of returning home, or Jesus describing God's dream for us in his parables about the kingdom of God. Like Isaiah's listeners, we are living in a moment with multiple intersecting crises, and it is so easy to feel stuck. It's easy to feel like we are living in an eternal present, and not in a good way, like the mindfulness teachers would teach us, but in a moment when time feels like it has little meaning, when time goes so fast and so slow at the same time. And it can be hard to look beyond this particular moment beyond this election, beyond 2020, beyond COVID-19, beyond the fear and uncertainty and the grief of it all. But the prophets, our faith, our own history remind us that no matter what we are going through, God is still God, good, faithful, trustworthy, and true. And they call us to imagine and work for a better world, a new world beyond our current circumstances. They call us to keep our eyes looking up, looking forward, looking to the horizon for the promised land and to keep moving. 
One of the Springsteen songs that I've been listening to a lot lately is a song called Promised Land that comes from his 1978 album, Darkness on the Edge of Town, where he sings, I've done my best to live the right way. I get up every morning and go to work each day. But your eyes go blind and your blood runs cold. Sometimes I feel so weak I just want to explode. Explode and tear this town apart. Take a knife and cut this pain from my heart. Find somebody itching for something to start. There's a dark cloud rising from the desert floor. I packed my bags and I'm heading straight into the storm. Going to be a twister to blow everything down that ain't got the faith that ain't got the faith to stand its ground. Blow away the dreams that tear you apart. Blow away the dreams that break your heart. Blow away the lies that leave you nothing but lost and brokenhearted. The dogs on Main Street howl because they understand. If I could take one moment into my hands, Mr. I ain't a boy, no, I'm a man. And I believe in the promised land. I believe in the promised land. Despite it all, despite the fatigue, the disillusionment, the storm, he sings, I believe in the promised land. So let me ask, what does the promised land look like to you? What is your dream for life beyond this moment? What is the hope that you see on the horizon? What is the first thing that you will do when you can do it again? How will you embrace life now and when we can finally embrace each other again? What have you learned in this time that you will take with you into the future? What is your dream for yourself, your family, our church, and our world? This time in the life of our church is a time of discernment and transition. It should be a time for dreaming and brainstorming and storytelling and anticipation, a time of looking back with gratitude and in looking forward with expectation. This time should be a gift for us, and I don't want COVID to rob us of the joy of that experience or rob us of our hope or expectation about what God is doing even now and the future into which God is is leading us. So as a way to lift our eyes to the horizon, in the coming weeks, we are going to be asking you, what is your dream? And more specifically, what is your dream for UDLC? What does that promised land look like? And how do we get there together? It is out there, just beyond the horizon, as And as God led the exiles and the Israelites, God will lead us through, through the valley of the shadow of death, through valley and hillsides along still waters, the great good shepherd will lead us to the promised land. God will lead us home. For it says in the book of the prophet Jeremiah, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. For in the words of Springsteen, I believe in the promised land. Amen.